0: This is Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication on the No Direction Network. Danielle, Denise, and Ben interview tabletop designers on the games they've made. Together, they unbox how a game went from inspiration to publication. Thank you for joining me and Ben for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 4, Hold That Face. Today we are joined by Pam Walls, designer of Act Fast, published by Outset Media Games, and Hold That Face by Hasbro. Pam is an amazing designer, founder of the Board Game Broads Facebook group, and a convention organizer. Today we asked her to mostly focus on Hold That Face for this episode. Pam, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, just to start off, how did you get into the
1: gaming industry? Um, So back in about 2015 or so, um, I wanted to publish my first game and I thought I wanted to kickstart. So I read some books about crowdfunding and learned more about it. And what I I gleaned the most was you want to have a following, you want to have a community before you kickstart something. So yeah, so at that point I was full-on lone wolf mode, uh, doing everything by myself just with my close friends and family. So I took that opportunity to reach out to the um, board game community and see what was out there. So at this time I was in Toronto and so I looked into what the game design community was there and I found there was a very big active community there and so I went to some uh, game design meetups there Met a ton of really nice, supportive people who really helped me introduce me to the industry as a whole. And then I started to learn more from there.
0: No, that's so great. Honestly, getting into that community helps a lot. I know Ben is super huge on social media. If you've ever seen him pop up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Social media was also another big part of it. So I started a a Twitter page. uh, I got more involved with Facebook groups and just met a ton of people through the Internet as well. With that, there's a huge design community just on social media, for sure.
0: What motivated you to start your own group? For board game broads? Yeah, for board game broads.
1: Yeah, so um, around this time, uh, I also looked for communities that were specifically focused on supporting other women and gender non-conforming folks who design games. Um, I just assumed that there were a bunch of forums like that that already existed. I didn't really find any active ones. Um, I found some threads on BoardGameGeek and stuff like that, but... I really wanted a, a forum and a community where I could find that support for that specific group because I did see pretty quickly that in the design community, it is very heavily cis men, cis yes. white men. So I, I, when I looked for that, I didn't really find it. So I tend to just do things myself then. So I just created a, a group called Board Game Broads. It's a Facebook group. It's exclusively for women and gender non-conforming designers. And so that was in 2015 or 16. So it's been around for a few years now. Yeah. So I, just, I didn't have that sort of support system I was looking for. So I just created it myself.
0: Oh, I thought that was awesome because I know that's kind of how I met you.
1: <laughs> Which, yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. It's created a bunch of great connections like, like this. Uh, and I've made a lot of great friends through it. We support each other. It's, it's a really great community. So if anyone listening wants to check that out, uh, you can join that group on Facebook.
0: Um, yeah, no, that's that's great. But I guess we're here to talk about hold that face. This is an older design, so just to tell the audience who may or may not have played it, how do you play the game to begin with?
1: Yeah, so hold that face is a party game. Um, it's all about facial expressions. So there's two teams. Uh, there's four decks of cards based on emotions. So there's sad, mad, happy, and scared. And so one of the teams draws four cards from one of the decks. And so they list kind of similar situations that would create a reaction in someone. So like the happy deck, it might be like, you just won a marathon or you just smell homemade cookies or, you know, whatever. Four, four like happy situations. That team picks one card that they, that they want a player on the other team to have a make a reaction to. So they pick one card, pass it to the other player on the other team who looks at the card, gives it back, they shuffle all four together and then they give all four to the other team, the other team's people who are not making the face. Yeah. So they have those four cards to pick from. The pa- The person making the face, there's a mirror included in the game so they can actually use the mirror to practice their face.
2: Oh, and how actually, fun.
1: Yeah, and and hide their face from their teammates. And then once they're ready, they drop the mirror to reveal their face and they have to hold it so they can't move they can't move their body. They can't move their eyes. They can't they laugh. Can't. I'm
0: sure they're about to laugh <laughs> yeah. the <whole> time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. there's always laughing and that's all good. Um, just got to reset. There's a lot of resetting. Um, just hold it and then your teammates are looking at the four cards and trying to pick which of those four you're, you're reacting to. So it's going to be subtle, very subtle differences in the face for the different reactions from similar uh, situations.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, I remember I watched a few videos on it. And I sadly have not gotten a chance to play it. But it looked like a lot of fun, especially choosing or having the other team choose which card. Because I saw some of the example ones. And I was just like, I don't even know what face I would be making for this card. But I'm sure it's hilarious. And I'm glad that you do get that context of the other four cards, (laughs) or all the other cards.
1: Yeah, it'd be tough if you just tried to guess what they are doing without that sort of context. But yeah, it's it's really fun. And mostly people just pick the, the card that they want people to make the face for that they think is funniest.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> I feel like I go with whatever one's the hardest one to guess. Yeah, on it, it depends if you...
1: Yeah, exactly. If you want to go with more strategy, then yeah, the more difficult <laughs> one would be good. But people usually go for the funny ones. But there's a lot of funny ones, so it's good.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's just super evocative and and social that that's so so awesome pam could you maybe enlighten us on what the playtesting or development process was like for this game like uh it sounds relatively simple but was it when you were actually you know working on the game or did it take a really long time to get it to the point that it released as
1: yeah absolutely um i think this game was around eight months or so uh from when i first got the idea to when it was picked up by hasbro so I I play tested it quite a bit. You know, party games sometimes have the people assume that you know a, a lot of play testing doesn't go into it, but it absolutely does. I brought this to a bunch of conventions. I brought this to uh, game design meetups. Um, tested it as much as possible, and I actually read some books on uh, expressing emotion through your face, and so that was really helpful. Uh, and just about emotions in general, and which emotions are confused with other ones. So. In the mad deck, there are some situations that you'd be like, why is this in the mad deck? But that's because there are faces that can resemble an angry face. So if you're like like deep concentration or physical exertion can look angry. So that's why some of those situations are in the angry deck and I learned that from my research
0: that's so cool I love hearing when there's research on a game that you just assume like oh you probably made funny faces with like I don't know your little cousin or something was like this should be a game
1: (laughs) yeah I I refined the deck a lot uh to make sure that the the situations were similar but not so similar that it was impossible to tell the difference so um I did a lot of work on making sure that the deck was tight um and just learning about facial expressions in general and emotions.
2: Yeah, there's so much subtlety there. Uh, I used to do community theater for a long time, Pam. So like this mm-hmm. would be an excellent improv game, you know, to kind of warm people up with their facial muscles and yeah. just kind of have a good time too. Yeah, I love all of these aspects.
1: Yeah, like having just like awareness of uh, of what your face looks like because with the mirror too, you might think you have the perfect face, but once oh. you look at the mirror, you're like, oh, <laughs> That's what I look like when I'm, (laughs) when I feel my face doing those things. Um, But yeah, so what uh, what inspired me was um, I was just walking through this mall in Toronto on my way to a friend's house to actually play test some other games of mine. And I was just walking through the mall and it was a Friday night and I was just looking at people's faces as they're rushing by. And just, it kind of inspired me. I was just playing a game with myself thinking like, oh, where are they going tonight? What are they doing tonight? Just by looking at their face. Did they look stressed did they look excited did they look happy do they look relaxed so I was just kind of like making up situations in my mind of what they were their Friday night was was mm-hmm. looking like yeah when I got to my friend's house I just quickly wrote out some scenarios on pieces of paper and just had my friends at that point it was the full body too so you could you could hold the whole uh, pose and and facial expression and then it evolved quite a bit from that.
0: That's so cool. I like that it started with people watching. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Not at all creepy. (laughs) So how did you end up connecting with Hasbro? Like, how did you go from people watching to Hasbro?
1: Yeah, so similar to Board Game Broads, um, I went to my first big playtesting convention in Orlando in February 2016. And I thought it was amazing. Uh, I got so much feedback for Hold That Face and some other games I was working on at the time. Um, So when I came back to Toronto, uh, I assumed that there were also conventions similar to that since it was such a big design community. And and there were some, but not uh, on that level. And so similar to Board Game Broads, I uh, created one myself. So I started a playtesting convention called To, and that had its first event in the fall or summer of 2016. Wow! And so I reached out to um, every publisher I could think of to come just threw it out there because who knows, something might stick. Why not try? So I sent oh, an email sure. to to Hasbro and just to see and they actually responded and uh, they said that they would like to come. So they ended up coming to ProtoTO and I got a chance to pitch. Hold that face at that time is called Just Face It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Just face it to them and they asked for a prototype. So a few weeks after prototype, once I got a physical prototype together, I mailed it to them. Uh, and then a few weeks or months later, they responded saying
0: that they wanted to
2: license it. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And I remember just talking off the recording. So this ended up being a part of the Hasbro subscription box how did it go from there is it was it signed with the intent to be a part of it
1: I didn't really know that what they were going what their plans were for it um, from the get-go but they, they let me know once they wanted to sign it that it would be part of that and I thought that was really cool just uh, a different I just like when publishers especially big bigger publishers try different things and so it seemed like this was an opportunity for Hasbro to try out a few different ideas that maybe the otherwise wouldn't be able to publish, try a few like more innovative, different kind of things from smaller designers. So yeah. So uh my game was part of a subscription box with a few other party games. And then it was also available online separately on its own.
0: That's so cool. I don't, Remember, how long did the subscription box end up going for? Because I know board game yeah. Mento went like two or three years with their subscription box. And I feel like Hasbro is what, a year, two years?
1: Yeah, it was it was very brief. Uh, I think a year. I think about a year. Yeah, it didn't didn't last too long. But it was a cool thing that they tried and then it was sold on its own separately after that. So,
0: yeah, very it cool. Out. Did your initial prototype have a mirror involved with it?
1: The very, very, I mean, at the very beginning, it didn't that that came from a play test from that convention. I mentioned in, in Orlando, uh, Megan Fossey, a play tester, was was playing it. And I think she just picked up something reflective because she's like, I just need to see what I look like. And she picked <laughs> that up and hold it held it in front of her face. I was like, "Ah, oh, light bulb, because like you could. I was just like, oh, now you can have a reveal. So that that came from play testing.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love that.
2: Super fun, super fun, Pam. And what's great too is like consistently you're talking about, you know, something that you, uh, that you wanted and then it wasn't there and then you started it. So you have the board game broads and you have proto TO like us here in the States, we've heard of proto TO. So I think that's just super neat. And, you know, tying it back a little bit with that social media presence and things like, um, how widespread everything can be now in this digital age. It's super, super great.
1: Yeah, that's great to hear. Um that you've heard of Proto That's awesome. Yeah, I I since I've I've since moved from Toronto, uh I'm in Vancouver now. Um, so I had to sadly let that go, but I pass it on to a great uh friend and awesome gamer, Carol Tan, who's now taking over Proto but then COVID decided to Ugh, mess everything up. It's but true. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it'll continue on after that. But Yeah, it was a great way to connect with other designers, and I'm sure I'll connect with the uh, community in Vancouver.
2: Definitely. I was thinking too that maybe you might have a favorite and least favorite moment in this whole journey, bringing a hold that face kind of to life. Would you be able to share with us like one or two uh, highs and lows uh, with us? Sure.
1: Well, the high would be when Hasbro said that they wanted to license the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember I was at my uh, office job, and they wanted Hasbro wanted to Skype with me, and so I had to book the boardroom at my work and and try to make sure no one was there and had my laptop and had like this meeting. I can say this now because I don't work there anymore. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> uh had my meeting with Hasbro there and um, they let me know that. I just remember just after the call, just walking around the boardroom, just trying to stay calm. That was that was really a, a great moment for me. Oh,
0: my God. Um, I've would have been freaking out.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I just the whole time I was just expecting them to be like, oh, we decided to pass. But the fact that, that they said yes was really cool, especially because this was my first game that I ever pitched to a publisher. Oh, awesome. and I know that's the definite exception, not the rule. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, so I guess I would say the sort of, you know, not greatest point was just that I was hoping and kind of assumed that um, I would see the game physically on a, on a shelf in stores. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just online and just seeing it online was amazing as well Uh, but yeah it would have been cool to see it physically on the shelf but I got to experience that for the first time yesterday with my new game
2: hey so it all
1: worked
0: out (laughs) awesome so which game are we talking about are we talking about act fast
1: yeah yeah so I have a new party game that's out on the shelves in stores called act fast and so uh I my publisher let me know yesterday that it's in a store called London Drugs here in Canada so yesterday I went to the store and I saw it up on the shelf for the first time so that was that was a great moment worth the wait
0: oh that's so cool is that like a Walgreens or a CVS in relation to yes okay I kind of assumed but I wanted to double check
1: yeah it's a weird name Um, but it's only Western Canada but in the U.S. it's available uh, at Calendar Club. Oh, that's so So. awesome. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that was a really cool moment. Yeah, look for it.
0: (laughs) Do you want to just Mm -hmm. explain what that game's about too while we have you? Sure, so uh, it's
1: another party game and this game there's uh, one guesser and everyone else is acting out different things at the same time. Um, and so they're very easy things. So all at the same time, everyone turns over their sand timers and, and pick up a card to see what they're going to be acting out. So you might have four people acting four different things at the same time. Uh, and you have to quickly guess what people are doing before their sand timer runs out. So once you guess one person's thing, maybe it's apple, something like that circle, very simple things. If you guess that person's word correctly, they flip their timer and they draw a new card. Well, actually, they get a new timer, so they get a fresh timer, and they, and they get a new card. So then they, now they're acting something else out. So now you want to go see what other people are doing because their time is running out. And so you keep going and going and going, guessing things, guessing things, until one person's sand timer runs out. That stops the round. Uh, it's, so it's played individually, so the actors get, I think it's one point per correct guess, and then the guesser gets two points per correct, correct guess. Uh, and then there's one player who's watching all the sand timers and hits a buzzer when one of them runs out and then you rotate after that and you just keep playing. So I think everyone's been the guesser
0: once. Oh, that's fun. I love charades personally. It's one of my favorite things to do at parties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There is called uh, Act fast speed charades. Okay. Oh. No, that's great. Yeah.
0: And I have to ask like, what attracts you to designing party games? Cause I feel like every time I see you designing something, it's typically in the party game spectrum.
1: Yeah, that's, Those are the types of games I love to play the most um, with my friends and family, that social aspect of games I really enjoy. So that's just what I sort of lean towards as a designer. Those are the types of games I like to play. So those are the types of games I like to design. But I never want to limit myself. So actually, the game I've been working on for the past four months or so is a strategy game. So I never want to sort of pigeonhole myself, but I do tend to... uh, lean more towards party games just because of that social aspect
0: now that makes sense Withhold that face wasn't that geared towards adults versus kids or am i remembering this wrong
1: yeah um i mean they say 18 plus but it's a very tame 18 plus it's a uh, it is it's an adult party game but but kids can play it i had kid play testers around 10 or so and then they enjoyed it so if you want to play with kids you can take out some of the racier cars. There's not that many. <laughs> but there's more like, you just paid off your mortgage. And a kid might be like, Uh what is this? What? <laughs> <Mortgage>. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I still don't know what a mortgage is. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Oh, my god, That's so funny. Yeah, because I feel like when I see 18 plus, I'm thinking it's like the after dark version of yeah. like late night. They always have some kind of like night version of it. And it's yeah. mostly like sexual innuendos or yeah. various forms have, of
1: bad language. I have one card that had the risk sex on it. So maybe that's what did it. But it was. Uh, you're watching a movie with your parents, and there's an unexpected sex scene.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> that is the face I need to see. Yeah. It's perfect for kids. Yeah. <laughs> the horror or the intrigue. You're a horror. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That just reminds me of when my parents and I were watching Titanic, and they made me like close my eyes, and I was oh. like,
1: <laughs> oh god. Yeah, we've all had that moment. So.
0: Oh, this is so funny. How did you feel when you saw the box? Because I really like personally how they kind of popped it out and you see a little face. Did you have any input on how the final product was going to look?
1: No, just they they had uh, they had they did that all in-house. They had a vision. And so I saw it when it was done. I really, really liked how they had the the mirror popping, like showing through uh, the middle part. Um, and so the packaging is awesome. So they sent me my copies and I actually did an unboxing video, um, when I saw it for the first time and got to hold it in my hands the first time. And I'm going to be doing that for act fast next week or so.
2: Awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What a moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It It was, so yeah. it was, it was a very, very cool thing to actually see the, see, hold that face and hold it. And just, I had you know, my original prototype next to me as well for comparison. And it's just cool to see how, yeah, like your whole show is about going from the inspiration to an actual physical game It was really cool.
0: <laughs> so as far as offering a piece of advice to other designers, what would you kind of put out there in the world for anybody who wanted to talk to you?
1: Yeah, um, for me, I've learned the most probably from playing as many games as possible. I, there are just so many games out there, so I don't tend to play too many games twice unless I really like them just because I want to see all the different possibilities, all different cool things people are doing, innovative ways to play games, innovative ways to use material. Um, So I would definitely say go outside of the typical genre that you might play, play party games, family games, strategy games, any game that you can get your hands on old games, new games, to really broaden your knowledge and your skill set. Also, also very importantly, is to get involved in uh, the design community, whether it's online or in person, Um, meet with other designers, have other designers play test your games. Don't just have your family and friends. I know it's really hard right now with COVID, but having designers play test your games, it gives you a whole nother perspective because they have a lot of experience and they'll give you honest feedback, which hopefully your family and friends will do as well, but might not be as blunt.
0: I was going to say, yeah, family tends to tell you, this is great. This is amazing. It's the best thing I've ever seen you do. And your friends yeah. are normally in that range or they give you some like sass. Yeah. So I
1: agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I, definitely think it's great to test with as many people as possible. And your friends and family are great because you're around them all the time anyway. And Hopefully they, they, you know, mine give really great feedback, um, but it is good to have a broad range, especially other designers, but not just designers. So a really broad range of play testers and a broad range of types of games that you play would be my probably two biggest pieces of advice. Sweet,
2: That's fantastic, Pam. Now, if it's all right for me to ask, uh, looking ahead to the future a little bit for, for, Pam walls as a designer are there any kinds of um things that you'd like to accomplish i guess for yourself uh whether it's uh, another kind of party game with a different um sense like so far you have the the mm. site with with uh all that hold that face. And then now you have kind of act fast going to be just a lot of kinetics. So I'm not sure were you thinking about, yeah, kind of going into other, uh, maybe not smells or tastes, but, but uh, (laughs) sound maybe. Yeah. Like what, what are you looking forward to?
1: That's funny. I had a game idea a couple of years ago with, that was just based on sound and it didn't quite work out, but that's something that's rattling around the back of my brain. I have a few, quite a few that just kind of hang out back there waiting to be called. Um, but I, I specifically would like to have a game, like a a range of games, um, you know, maybe not, not just party games. I'd love to have a strategy game published, different types of games. And it would be awesome to have a game published that a lot of people would hear about and actually Mm -hmm. play, um, (laughs) and have like you know a bit, a bit of a hit that would be that would be that. i mean that's the dream isn't it you know so um to have a, a well-known well-received game is always the goal and to try to publish as many more like as many as possible i mm-hmm. would love to have multiple games coming out per year that would oh, be yeah. that's that's the goal for me like if i can be doing this full-time making money off this full-time i know it's very very difficult um, but that's that is my ultimate goal.
2: I hear you. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I think we're all in the same boat. That would be amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: That's great. I mean, as far as the steps to get there, you've created like Facebook groups. You've created conventions, basically, or well, prototypes. It's like a mini convention. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Get there? I'm just curious because I mean, you're very aspiring, yeah. honestly.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I think it's awesome all the things that you do as well with your playtesting group and, and all the different projects. Um, I will say, though, ironically, that it's been dialing those things back that has helped me focus on my design more, actually. Mm. Um, like, letting go of proto was very difficult, but it has freed up so much of my mental space to focus on the designing uh, part, and not the organizational community development part that was taking up a lot of my time and energy. I don't regret any of that. I think it was amazing and I, it was fantastic, but it's been really nice focusing on my designs and spending my time and energy on my, on my design ideas. So, yeah. So what I need to do moving forward is do less actually. So focus primarily on design and pitching, and a little bit less on other other projects. Yeah, I can like kind of, of see
2: that. hmm A less yeah. shallow uh, and more deep kind of approach there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because also I was um, hosting board game broadcast. That's um, a monthly live stream that we do, and I was hosting that. So I was, you know, inviting guests and then doing the prep work and interviewing them and then uploading the video, sharing the video, all that stuff, which I really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. but it definitely took time and energy. Um, So now board game broadcast is still happening, but I still invite different guests, but they have ownership over the show. They do the full live stream themselves. uh, And then I uploaded it to YouTube. So it's a lot less. So it allows me to really focus on what I ultimately want to do. My priority, which is game design.
0: I think that's great that you created such a good base, though, where people can take it over. It didn't just fall and yeah. crumble once you left each of these different things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, there are a lot of great people that were working or a part of it already that could kind of take over.
0: Great. Well, if you have anything else, is there anything you want to talk about that's coming up in the future or anywhere people can find you? Otherwise, we're gonna close it out.
1: Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I I love talking about playtesting and everything, all the behind the scenes of what happens when like leading up to the final product. Um, you can find me uh on Twitter at Party Hack Games. Uh my website, partyhackgames.ca. Uh Facebook, also party hacking, something that's the common thread there. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or want to connect. Uh, it's always great to connect with other designers and broaden the community for sure.
0: I can completely agree. Well, thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. We love getting the insight from all designers of different backgrounds, especially one that decided to keep creating and creating not only games, but just a community.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we we met through that community. So it was pretty cool to make all these different (laughs) connections.
0: For sure. So thanks for joining me, uh, Danielle and Ben for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 4, Hold That Face. Ben, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm on Facebook as Ben Moy or your friend Ben Moy Designs Board Games.
0: And you can find me on Facebook at DMR Creative Group as well as Twitter at Creative DMR, and then Instagram as Token Gamer, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R. Have a great time, and we'll see everybody in two weeks. Thanks again, Pam. Thank you. Bye. This has been another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. Join us next time.